Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae is with me, and we're going to open up with the VHSL statement that clarified today their statement from Friday, which was an odd choice of words because it was the exact same statement that was issued Friday when the governor issued his order about no social gatherings, private or public, larger than 25 due to the pandemic and COVID-19. That doesn't affect players and coaches. Apparently, though, that's where the clarity ends. Does it include officials? Does it include uh, media? Does it include staff in a concession stand? Lots of questions that aren't answered. Is it just 25 fans? Um, Patrick, I know some of this is stuff that you might not know, um, but what was your state? What what were your thoughts when the VHSL released their statement Friday and then again today? Well, when it when it was released Friday, I thought, okay, they're gonna they're gonna talk to the governor's office and, and they're gonna huddle this weekend and figure out something. And, and I wasn't sure what was gonna come out on Monday. But I thought it was going to be more than what what Billy Hahn said, which was essentially what you just said, it's, uh, which didn't clarify anything whatsoever. It, it, we're going to move ahead with playing. I don't have the statement in front of me, but right. essentially it's, we're going to move ahead with playing. This doesn't mean we can't play games. It just affects the number of spectators in the gym. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of figured out Friday when the governor said, you know, public and private gatherings are going to be limited to 25. We, we kind of figured that was going to affect spectators. Um, so, I, I, you know, it, but, you know, I, I'm not blaming the VHSL. Maybe they just, they didn't know anymore. And, and obviously they, they're not going to, they, they weren't going to go out and cancel the season today. They weren't going to take any big steps today. Uh, so maybe they just couldn't find out any more from the governor's office. And they felt like they had to release a statement. Uh, but yeah, it, it clarified nothing. And that's what I, I like a week ago, you could kind of see we're moving towards. It. I mean, everything around us feels like we've been here before with things kind of starting to clamp down and shut down and, uh, you know, limit. And so you could see this coming. And last week on the podcast, I said, for all these people worried about being spectators and all this, maybe, maybe my statement right here doesn't apply to parents, but it's got to be the focus for these kids to play. Like that has to be the number one priority. We all, before we have a reaction, to any of the rules laid out, we got to focus on what first gives the ability for the kids to play. And if we all can't be adults and, you know, temper our reactions properly, then maybe the kids don't even get to play. Or, or if we start trying to bend the rules or, you know, you know, that 25 people only means like each kid gets to bring 25 people, like try to make something crazy here or not obey the rules like this. That's what's going to ruin this for everybody. So um, I'm really interested to see how the, this is clarified which I assume it will be sometime before the mid-December, if everything's just not uprooted from what we know it to be and, and we lose all this. I mean, I, I think that's got to be the hope. Can we just hold on and let these kids play, even with the risks that we know? Like, is there – like, that has to be the priority. If we're risking anything, just let the kids play. It's not about everybody being able to see these kids play. Now, that's where I hold back. Like, I feel bad if the parents can't watch their kids play like that, that does mean something to me. But outside of that, everybody else can just, you know, hear what happened in the news leader or, you know, or whatever media is allowed to cover. I assume you'll still talk to coaches and find out what happened, even if you're not allowed in there, but you know, that, that kind of thing, because it's just about the kids experience being able to play. 
Well, and and let's face it, Augusta County has taken the steps to, as as a lot of school districts across the state have, to get cameras in the gym uh, to make sure that parents can watch these games on live stream. And I'm exactly like you, Leon. I agree. If 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 I'm a parent of an athlete, and I'm maybe it's tough to put myself in this position because I'm not. But if I'm a parent of an athlete, I'm thinking, yeah, I'd love to see my kid play. But if if it means that uh, if me not being in the gym means that my kid gets at least a chance to play, I'm fine. With yeah. That. If I have to sit home and watch it on my laptop, I'm okay with that as long as my kid gets to play. What I don't want to see if I'm a parent and what I don't want to see as, as a reporter and as a fan is the season canceled. Now, if it comes down to that, if, if we're still, the numbers are still going up and, and this is not safe, then that might have to be the move. But yeah. At this point, I, I don't want to see the season canceled, and if that means these athletes are playing in an empty gym, that's fine. That, that that's it's not not ideal, but it's it's it better than what we had last spring, right? <laughs> when yes. we had no games at all, nothing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that and that's my thing. Um, like I said, I I feel a little bad for parents, but I guess you know my overall sentiment here is I'm I don't want to hear it. In terms of the people complaining about these restrictions in general or with in terms of sports, um, numbers are worse now than they were in March. So we're, we're breaking records every single day in terms of cases. Uh, I saw a map of Virginia and it seemed like outside of Charlottesville, everywhere was a dark shade of red in terms of the number of cases on a daily occurrence and in the seven day average as well. So, um, uh, we say that uh, we've said this on this podcast. I know I've said it a bunch. Uh, wear the masks. Um, people have chosen not to wear the masks. They've chosen not to social distance. They've chosen not to take this seriously. So this is what happens. And um, I, I, you know, one of the popular sentiments I've seen is West Virginia is playing football, and huh. why why can't we play football? And I'm like, okay, well, West Virginia is now shutting down sports because guess what? They have a problem. Now, I know, who could have guessed, and there's probably no way to avoid this, there weren't doctors you know, that have been telling us from the beginning, wear masks, social distance, take this seriously, this is a pandemic, this thing will spread easily even if you don't show symptoms, that's why you know, checking thermometers isn't the actual way to stop this, and it's not a way to tell if somebody actually has it. So because that didn't happen, I guess, and it's not the world we live in, there was no possible way to tell that, you know, kids and communities traveling all over the state of West Virginia to play sports could have possibly contributed to the spread and the record numbers that that West Virginia is seeing. I don't know how else we could have avoided this other than to maybe put it in a coloring book uh, for some of these people, since that seems to be like the comprehension level for the people that still don't think this is a serious thing. But like, you just want to reach out and shake these people because it's just infuriating that they're like, well, look at these states. I'm like, yeah, those states are also doing terrible. I have a question. West Virginia, so so they have they have not stopped uh, postseason play, correct? For, no, but for they're the fall sports, but they're not starting winter but sports. But they've already moved their winter <laughs> sports to January 11th, which made absolutely no sense to me. It's like if if it's a bad enough situation where we're going to have to push winter sports out, then how can you justify continuing yeah. postseason action in fall sports? You just I, don't, I don't think know. about it. The other, to me, it's like you just don't if think it's about safe it. enough to keep playing now then why can't we start why not tomorrow? Uh, winter sports on time? And if it's not safe enough to start winter sports on time, then it shouldn't be safe enough to play games 
now. But hey, I'm not in West Virginia. I'm in Virginia where we haven't even started yet. So we'll see where where we come. But but you're right. You look at the numbers. Um, you know, the newsletter published on Monday, numbers in Augusta County. If you look at the positivity rate, um, which is essentially the number of positive cases based on the number of, of tests, uh, Augusta County, this area was, you know, um, well above, it was up above 6%, I think, which the state has said what their target goal is to be below 5%. Um, and then there were certain areas uh, out in Swope and uh, the, the Churchville area, um, Stewart's Draft area, that were really high. Um, you look at, you know, I keep track of the numbers of positive cases in Augusta County schools for most of the year since kids went back September 1st. It was pretty steady. You know, they'd have five cases, six, seven cases a week, which was to be expected. I, I don't think anybody thought when these kids went back that we weren't going to have any positive cases. So that seems relative, you know, seemed OK. You know, if, if you're going to have kids in school and you're out of 18 schools, you're talking to staff and students, six cases a week. Eh, you know, that seems okay. Uh, across other, the, you know, across the county. Yeah. Across the county. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last, so it's been 78. Now, now we're looking at, since September 1st, 78 positive cases. 31 of those have come in the last two weeks. You know, two weeks ago, they had 15 positive cases, which was a record. This past week, they had 16 positive cases which was another record so all of a sudden you've seen it jump in the county schools you've seen it jump in the communities in augusta county now stan and wayne are still relatively okay um but you've seen those numbers jump you've seen them jump across the state of virginia honestly if it keeps going this way we're not going to have it something's going to happen right we're not going to start games on december 21st if the numbers keep going this way you're gonna and you know I, I, right now i don't see any reason we got thanksgiving coming up next week we got people that are saying i'm traveling i'm going to see family no matter what <laughs> it's that it, it, joe you said it, it's that kind of it's that kind of attitude that has has led to where we are now people need to understand hey maybe you don't travel out of the state maybe you don't uh, you don't have large gatherings next week for Thanksgiving. I under, I get it. I'm I'm close with my family. I it's a close knit family. I love the holidays, spending it time with with families. But you know, you just understand that maybe this year it's not going to happen. And so you know, I, I think December 21st right now is a weird date to start basketball because you've got Thanksgiving, and then you've got Christmas right after that. I don't know. I just think you're going to see cases really continue to go up. I mean, they um, made that calendar based on necessity of fitting everything in. It wasn't based on in, what sure. makes sense in relation. And plus, when they made that calendar, what was that? That was September, that beginning was of September. August, yeah. August, August yeah. September, yeah. Yeah. End of August, they put it out there. September is looking pretty good motion. right then, right? I mean, the numbers were looking relatively decent. Looking better than they point, are now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were on a bit of a lull, I guess. I wouldn't even say better, but just we weren't rising as steeply then. Um, so, yeah, you would hope it would have come back down and that would have been feasible. We've done the opposite of that. So uh, that's where I share Joe's sentiment is I'm not going to feel sorry for people being surprised when we might hear ne more negative news or we've already heard the well, news that not everybody in the community is going to be able to come watch these games because it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, this is what we said in May. And then when things were bad in May and they weren't really any better in August and they canceled sports, 
people were surprised. It's like, how can you be surprised? It's as bad, if not worse, than it was when they canceled sports last time. So I think that's, sadly, I think that's what we're headed towards. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the kids have an opportunity to play, but I, I, I don't see that happening. Well, before we move on, I'll just say this on terms of more or less restrictions. Um, a lot of people have accused the governor of pa- playing politics with this pandemic. And I'll say this. I think they're right. Um, they're not. They're going to think I'm siding with them, but I'm not. Um, because if he wasn't playing politics with it, um, the two notable exemptions on this were churches and schools, I believe, were both exempt from the social gathering limit. Um, so if he wasn't playing politics, those are the two largest social gatherings in the state, statewide right now. So you would shut those down. Um, but he hasn't because he's trying to play both sides um, because he's a politician. So hopefully he goes back to being an, a doctor after this uh, and not being a politician. But that's where I will say I don't think folks do have to worry about him canceling high school sports. I, I don't think he has the stomach for it anymore. Um, if he was being serious about the pandemic, I think that's something you have to look at when the numbers keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And you have a hard time telling people that, well, we didn't have high school sports in August because it was so bad. But now the numbers are worse. And you're going to say, well, we're going to have high school sports. Um, so that's where I think they have a case because this guy has done contradictory things. He's been very vague in his stuff, much like the VHSL in terms of this particular statement that they released over the weekend and today. Um, but this is back to July VHSL. This isn't like in August, we finally got to Mm -hmm. some kind of decision. This is what we had in July that we all complained about. You, you gotta, you either gotta make a decision. You gotta, you gotta say something. Yeah, people are going to have their feelings hurt, but sometimes, and, and this, this is, this is what I'll say. We have a segment of this population that thinks this is like the flu, which in addition to being wrong, they're wrong by a factor of 10 because the flu in 2019 killed 22,000 people. COVID as of when I pulled these numbers up on Sunday was around 240. 5,000. That was the number I found on the CDC. I'm sure it's gone up. Um, So, and I don't know how old that number is, in fact. Um, But let me say this. Um, That's just then you're wrong by a factor of 10. And we're not even done with the year. So everyone gets dumber when they read that tweet. And that's saying something because Twitter is full of dumb, dumb things that get said. And I just... And the point behind that from the beginning is we have a flu vaccine. Yeah. And people are acting like we shouldn't change. When people say it's just like the flu, why are we canceling well, sports not. when it's yeah. just like the flu? Well, there's already a vaccine for the flu. There isn't a vaccine for this. So maybe we shouldn't like just say, oh, we roll on just the same. Yeah. And in 1918, in 1918, time. before there was so, a flu vaccine, they didn't do that. So and this is the other thing. And Patrick, I'll, I'm sorry for cutting you off and I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll let you have a word here. I promise. But bring him on for something. <laughs> but again, like uh, when people are like, well, you just, you know, we'll social distance and we'll wear masks in the stands and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to hear that because you've proven that you can't be trusted. You have proven don't, it time and time again that you don't do it. You can't even wear it to go to sheets or to go in the grocery store. So how am I expecting you to do it in a basketball gym or at a football game? You're not going to do it. So don't even pretend like that's something you're willing to do because you're not. The VHSL, I do know I'm not, I'm not um, going to ever be the defender of the Virginia High School League. And yes, back in July, we were wondering, what are they doing? 
I think we all did agree, though, when they finally did make a decision, yeah. it was a smart decision. We gave it was a smart decision. Let's, let's postpone everything to December. Let's Give see where we are at that point. It gives everybody a chance to play their games. We haven't gone out and canceled fall sports. We've just shifted everything, and, and let's see where we are. That was a smart move. I, I'm still not sure they punt it this weekend. I'm not sure what else they can do at this point. They weren't going to come out today and say, let's cancel the season. They weren't going to come out today and say, let's move everything, because then I think you've just got chaos if they try to push. They've already got everything crammed into very short seasons. I don't think they can move the winter sports later at this point. They can, but I don't, I don't think they're at the point where they want to have to mess with that yet. They're still five weeks away. I think the VHSL is like most of the athletic directors around here. Let's just let's let's give it at least another couple of weeks to see where we are, and then we'll make a decision. Well, how does so, this all work with these locations that have already canceled the sports? I mean, we talked about uh, the point. teams in Richmond and up in Northern Virginia. There's been places well, that have Northern Virginia is already back from that, yeah. but I mean, there is places in Virginia that have said we're not playing winter sports. And you want to talk right about. Now, Go ahead, go ahead. Isn't it, isn't it just Richmond right now? I think Richmond well, is the only one. There was the Tri Rivers district said, is also not playing. And Norfolk City, I think. Okay, okay. Because um, I know Arlington, you're, that's the one they you're referring to. Went they went away, everything, came back. And then they backed. And now, the only thing they have canceled is wrestling. I think there are several districts that have canceled wrestling would, for whatever. <laughs> For wrestling, the you're not, not going to avoid of laying on each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I understand that, but yes, I mean, the other sports are are still going to have physical contact. Are you telling me mm-hmm. that basketball? Is whoa, 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 whoa! They're not going to jump ball, Patrick. They're not going to jump ball. Okay, there just fine. Right. Basketball is clean now. <laughs> There's no rebounds that have to be got. <laughs> so it, it, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just. Yeah, but you bring up an important question. What happens with those districts? And I asked, I talked to Billy Hahn on Thursday. Thursday, I believe. So this was before the governor ever came out. Thursday sounds like three months ago. It does. (laughs) Billy Hahn misses Thursday. (laughs) What happens with these districts that have already canceled? How does that that, uh, weigh into your decision uh, as a whole? Does it impact the playoffs? And essentially, now he did punt on that. He said, well, at this point, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's Let's no region 4B, see. but yeah, we're, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we don't know. Let's just, I, I, he said, I can't project into the future. Is, I think <laughs> that's his exact words <laughs> to me. That's a so, yeah. But we've lost the defending state, uh, state two boys basketball state yeah. champions right um, um and we've lost you want to talk about a mickey mouse school. championship they, people are trying to discount <laughs> the lakers or tell the dodgers season wasn't as good you take the teams out of richmond possibly arlington norfolk out of the mix and maybe not class a but as soon as you get to class 2a you're going to start having are, are, is this the same championship as any other year when you had a group of the best teams not even involved i agree like it's just crazy and I was really curious about wrestling. I mean, that was the one I really wanted him to address. And he, he gave me basically the same answer about wrestling. Because if if you've got various districts saying, we're going to play all sports except wrestling, how does that impact postseason wrestling when you've got all of these schools that aren't, aren't participating? 
Um, so yeah, you're, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be a mess. Um, no matter what, whatever, whatever happens this season, even if they move ahead and play the, the, the way that they are planning on right now, it's going to be different. It's, it's going to be messy. Um, you're going to have teams that, that have positive cases that are going to have to postpone. Uh, and who knows how you're going to make those games up, especially in, if, if you get the football um, when they're playing only can play once a week and you've already got a tight schedule. You've only got essentially one week. We're seeing it right now with the Pac-12. I mean, that's what yeah. we see in the Pac-12. They have no time to spare. Okay, I guess here's my question with that, though. How Have they released a COVID policy on if somebody tests positive on a team, what happens? Okay, no. see, I don't think we my will goodness. see that. I don't yeah, think like, we will see that because what's different is the Pac-12 players are actually being tested, whereas here they're not actually going to be tested. If someone gets sick and then gets tested and tests positive, okay. But if they're going to – I already hear this. Well, no one else has symptoms, so we're just going to go ahead and play. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I think that's what they're gonna. They're just gonna test. They're gonna take your temperature as long as all the kids <laughs> don't have a fever. They're gonna play. But you're right. What if? What if a player tests positive, and then what? Does that team, the entire team, go into quarantine? Uh, does you know, not do they do they chance. try to contract tracing and only part of the players go into quarantine? I don't know. It's, it is going to be, no matter what happens, it's going to be a mess. You're, you're going to at some point run into a really sticky situation and, and you're going to have problems. Not a chance they're going to quarantine an entire team. <laughs> so today they announced that the NCAA is looking at trying to uh, a different kind of bubble here, bubble the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, not where Virginia Tech lives on the bubble, but, uh, you know, put everybody at one location, like as we've seen like the NBA do. And, and other leagues, uh, Major League Baseball went into their playoffs with some bubbles. Um, I think it's a good idea for them to try to take over Indianapolis if they're going to get a season in before this, which I think is up in the air at the moment. If they get to that point, I don't think it's a bad idea to get these teams all in one area and try to get through that tournament. I don't see how you get through that tournament in a normal situation with teams all over the country for one weekend and then traveling all around the country the next weekend. Like, I just, I think at least that's a sensical way to approach this. Do we get there is the big question, but I, I do like the decision by the NCAA looking into that. Well, I don't see any way we, we get to that point with sure. some problems. I, I mean, you've seen it in football, but this is basketball. It's in a, they're playing indoors. Um, the the numbers think, are starting to go up. And I think NCAA will still have jump balls. So I, I, that might yeah. be the, Worst thing so there's there. the difference, but but I do agree with you that if we can somehow get through an entire college basketball season without major problems, they're going to be problems. There are going to be teams that are quarantined. They're going to be teams that that miss games. Mm-hmm. But if we can get through the season somehow, I like the bubble idea. Is Indianapolis the best place for it? I don't know. They're they're looking there. Uh, I did see somebody um, put a ship out in the middle of the Atlantic. Well, in terms of COVID, <laughs> now don't do a cruise. Yeah, don't do a cruise. Yeah, not a ship. Not a ship. I, I, I would take that back. We don't want a cruise ship. My bad. <laughs> no, that that would be the worst. Um, Orlando. I've heard Orlando is a possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah just... To uh, to play these games, uh, I, I, you know, Indianapolis has. I, I I saw a good question raised today. I don't know the answer to. Are the high school gyms? in Indianapolis, are they regulation? Are, are the high school gyms in Indianapolis bigger? I, so maybe that could be a regulation court for a college team. I, I, I liked Kyle Tucker's idea. He's a former uh, tech sports writer. He's down in Kentucky now. He said, um, 
just do it AAU style on the first round. Just have like one big open gym with like eight courts on it and just just have everybody going all at once on like a Saturday. I thought that was a funny approach, uh, not with COVID in mind, but just like the idea of like getting all those games at, like in one big room at the same time where you can like see the people from the other game running behind you. That would that would be a funny situation. But you are going to see games right from from early morning to late night you've almost got to see that i think i mean i don't know um yeah from from a fan standpoint that'd be great i, yeah. I love that that week you know, that entire week of the first and second round you would just see games non-stop i take off work already so yeah, be yeah. i mean look espn <laughs> used to have like that 24 hours of college basketball to open the season so now we're just going to do 24 hours of tournament yeah I, I don't i i think it's a good idea i'm glad to see the ncaa is at least trying to be proactive on this but yeah they've got bigger right now they've got to worry about getting through several months of actual basketball with teams traveling around and that's uh that's doubtful at this point that they can get through without any major problems and jmu already pulled back on their brand new state yeah you feel bad it's just circumstantial for them but they have the brand new you know centerpiece of the campus and no fans and i mean the only yeah. I'm so sorry because you know they were gonna have a big blowout. Oh yeah, the first game and all kinds of of, of I would have been going on and now, yeah, I would have gone. Oh, uh, the first women's game I was like, uh, like just a year ago in my mind, I was like, oh, we're going to that first women's game. It's gonna be awesome. You know, it's gonna be a hard ticket, but we'll find a way. Like, not not now. Yeah, I I think you guys are extending a lot of credit to the NCAA. <laughs> They're not gonna <laughs> stop this. Are you kidding? They're not stopping this train. They'll let they'll let them play. If they want to so play, they'll let them play. Row, they're not going to, they're, they're going to make sure that no matter what happens, they're not going to miss out on their, their cash cow. <laughs> yep. Two weeks, two years in a row. Two years in a row. That's it will I, not stop. That's what I said at last March. I said, there's no way they're canceling this tournament. It's too much money. In it. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I think that's what woke me up to how serious this was, was when NBA's canceled. And then right then they're starting to cancel the, you know, yeah, people are leaving that's the when... conference tournaments and everything. And I was like, holy crap. This is a real thing. Like, not that I thought it was a hoax by any means, but like that really cranked it up of how much, how serious people are going. That right there, what you said. That was before a large segment of this population started to not take this pandemic seriously. So that's the difference. It's different now. There is a large, they're going to play bowl games for football. What makes you think they're not going to play basketball games? How about the University of Virginia? I think the University of Virginia might be in favor of just canceling the season again because that way they can just say, hey, just hold on for another year. Three yeah. years running, we're the national champ. We're only one banner. But I will say, years. like hearing Tony Bennett say he doesn't think his team's going to be as good this year, I was kind of like, what? I bet they do want to cancel this season. <laughs> I bet Jim but Harbaugh no, wishes know. he had canceled the season I'm, instead I'm of fighting like for the Big Ten. They're not going to cancel the season unless they absolutely have to. Yeah, but it won't be done lightly. Just watching these numbers around the country, um, the last couple of days, even not even the last week, but just the last few days. Yeah, wow, I don't know. Unless we see a big improvement, um, then they may they may not even have a choice, right? They might just have. It, it might be state. You might see states step in and say, we're not going to be able to play college basketball. Then they'll um, move. The NCAA may have that Canada. taken out of their hands. Yep, they'll move. They'll go play at a different state. 
They'll go across state lines. They will not stop this. I am, yeah, they're talking about like the rap whatever state lets like them play. Yeah, I, I'm telling you right now, there is a zero percent chance that they stop this. Uh, are you zero kidding? Faith in the NCAA. I have okay. yes, I do have zero faith in the NCAA. That sentence makes sense. I mean, I, I, that like <laughs> that makes it makes it like oh, you put it into that simple of terms, you have zero faith in the NCAA. Like, well, yeah, that's a true statement. Now the Ivy League has spoken. <laughs> Not surprised at the Ivy League's decision, but everywhere else is like, nah, we're gonna play. Why wouldn't we play? Pandemic? What pandemic? People are getting sick. Oh, uh, it's I don't know. I, I love sports, but I uh, I just I, I wish we would have. I wish if we would have just you're right. If we would have just recognized things back in yes. last February or March, yeah. shut down big parts of the country. If we just shut down for like two or three weeks, right then. Yes, right. Two or three weeks. Everybody wore a mask. And everybody would have said, let's let's wear mask and social distance. We would not be at that point now. We, and I'm not saying we the COVID would be gone now, obviously. I mean, maybe we would have pushed harder for a vaccine early on. Um, maybe we'd have a vaccine even sooner. But look at the countries that, that did that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean there's uh, examples. My wife, my wife has friends. She's on a on a, a mom's group from when her kids were born that are people all over the world and she's got some friends in australia who say we haven't had a case in australia in a while now they took it seriously from the beginning and that's and, where and you bubble the tournament it's a lot less people yeah, they're not gonna let us australia. in they're not gonna let us in they'd be like no you people don't really you people don't really get this no you're not coming <laughs> i wouldn't let us in either i mean but um no. but i understand that there's less people I know it's not exactly the same when you look at demographics, but these countries did what they had to early on, and things are much better off now. Now, there are some countries in Europe that things are starting to look bad again, but um, but I don't know. I, I just think if we would have taken this seriously early on, we could be playing sports right now without without as much concern. You'd still have some concern. You'd still have some cases popping up, but you could have fans there. You could have games, um, and you wouldn't have – you know, you wouldn't have football teams canceling uh, week after week, not being able to play. So I, I don't know, but hey, that's hindsight, and we didn't do it, and now we're where we're at. And yeah, I mean, we'll, look, we'll like I said, with like I said with West Virginia, there was just no way to be able to predict what would happen if we didn't wear masks, and no doctors told us, you know, this is serious, it's a pandemic. Wear masks, social distance. They didn't tell us how to avoid this at all, and there was just no way to avoid it. So you know. So let me ask you guys: If 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 we do have games, how do you how do you call the games? One, I don't that. know if that's even possible. Two, I don't know if we're allowed. Three, I don't know if I want to go in a gym right now, Patrick. Like, See, I mean, in all honesty, you, what you do is you get the uh, the, the, the package through the NHFS, mm-hmm. and you guys sit at your houses and you call the games off a computer screen. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't think anyone will listen to briefly. I talked to Dan Bonner uh, briefly about a week ago, a week and a half ago. And that's what he's – he's got an office now in downtown Stanton that he thinks if everything works out and the ACC network employs him this year, uh, depending on how many games they have and so forth, that he would be calling games from an office in Stanton. He'd be sitting there yeah. with his computer – and 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 calling the games, um, you know, we've already seen that. 
happen at some college games. And um, I, I think you might see that with college basketball this year. Um, and so I'm curious how that works with high school. You know, I might try to, I'll, I'll see if the paper will, uh, will put the bill for a uh, subscription and I'll sit at home on a Friday night and watch, uh, and watch high school basketball and, and I can watch. Multi screens, get games. it going. Yeah, like March Madness so. with high school basketball. Great. Yeah, no, just call the coach after the game, get some quotes. Hey, that, that works. It seems like a an idea that I'd not, I'd much rather sit in my house and watch those games yeah. than to be in a gym exactly. with a bunch of other people. So Yep. I agree with that point. So to get us out of here, I believe it's it's time for that. We've we've talked a while. <laughs> uh you instead of you know just talking about West Wing like we normally do when we talk about Benjamin, you put out a tweet or a Facebook message that you were looking for a, a, sh- a show that you needed to binge. Joe and I, I believe, were the first people to try to throw shows your way. Did you make a decision yet? Is there a direction you're going? I have not made a decision yet. I need to sit down and make that decision. Well, what else have you been doing, Patrick? Come on, make a decision about your your binging TV life here. <laughs> well, you know, I did watch uh, The Mandalorian on uh, on Friday. Yeah, you so, did. Um, you did. I, so I need to, but yeah, I need to make a decision because, but it always takes me a while. After I finish a show, it's it's like a death almost. Like, like I have to mourn it for a little bit <laughs> if it's a good show. If it's not a good show, I'm not going to make it to the end anyway. But if I make it to the end of a show, you know, The Good Place, I thought it was a great show. I don't know if either one of you guys have ever seen that. I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it. I loved it. I'm, I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm a Kristen Bell fan anyway. Yes. Um, Let it um, go. <laughs> Jamila Jamil, I, I love, um, which is the reason I started watching it, actually. I, my wife and I watched, um, what's the show? It's it's a it's a game show. I don't even know what the name of it is now, but it's on TBS, and it comes on like Tuesday oh. nights, and Jamila Jamil uh, hosts it. Um, and they basically show video. It's the, the Misery Index. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and so I watched that, and and I will admit that I was a little smitten, probably with with the host. Um, and and so I loved oh, her. Wow. And so I I, I looked <laughs> up what else she was in, and I saw something called The Good Place, and I was like, what is that? And I was like, what Kristen Bell's in it, and Ted Danson's in it. I'll give it a shot. I loved it. I absolutely loved that show. So so that ended on you watched whatever, you chose Friday to watch Saturday. that like I chose to watch Wonder Woman. My my wife's like, yeah, we need to go see Wonder Woman. I was like, yeah, we'll go look at that for a while. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so wow, I, 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 I actually loved it and I finished Saturday and yeah. So no, to answer that's a long answer to your so, your question of no, I've not made a decision. In addition to Peaky Blinders, I haven't finished this yet, but I am I think over halfway through. Queen's Gambit's pretty good. Okay. I've I've heard of that too. And I, I need something. I, I'm trying to decide if I want to do comedy or more drama. Neither of mine so, are um, comedies, so yeah, Joe's not a comedy yeah, I mean, kind I mean, of uh, recommender. That's not true. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well, the last two I watched. Something the good really dark. Place, the Good Place Bojack. and Bojack Horseman, which are both comedies in a way. I mean, Bojack's dark, but it's still a comedy. If so you, maybe it's time to go in a different direction this time. So if you want something light that you'll laugh at, I'm not recommending the entire series because I am on a rewatch right now and it, it gets worse. But the first like three seasons of New Girl will make you laugh. I like New Girl. I've seen parts of New Girl. Yeah. So uh, there was a recent conversation about that that reminded me of that show, and we've been on a rewatch. And the first three seasons, like, there's a lot of funny stuff that happens. Like, and it's it's, I mean, (laughs) sitcom things happen, but like 
the care the characters around it are really good. Let's just say I've been trying to debate whether I should I watch another show or should I actually sit down and read some books for uh, for a oh. change um, and and try to expand my. Uh, it's not that dark. <laughs> my intellect. Twenty twenty is not that okay. dark. You don't um, need to read. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody so, else come so, on the TV okay, and tell us everything we need to know. Why John, do you need to read? John Leonard is going to be That's, so mad. <laughs> So I'll make a decision. I'll let you guys know once uh, once I choose something. But the Peaky Blinders, I think I had you and uh, somebody else. Yes, uh, I saw someone second it. Very smart, it, very so. smart person. I could tell. I don't know anything about them, but the fact that they like Peaky <laughs> Blinders tells me a little something about their taste in shows. Uh, she, what a, uh, they probably don't wear a mask, Joe. <laughs> let me tell you, she's a, U, she's a UVA so grad. I'll tell you that much. And <sighs> she absolutely loves Tony Bennett. Like, she... She's obsessed with Tony. I Bennett, wish so. I didn't um, like Tony Bennett, but I do. <laughs> so, so maybe that's the show I give a shot just because I have two two recommendations. So we'll see. I'll let you know. All right. Well, thanks again, Patrick, for joining us. And uh, until we talk to you next time, hopefully uh, there will be high school sports. Hopefully, the state and the population here in the state of Virginia does what they need to do to get the numbers back down. Um, because again, we can't do it if there is a large part of the population not following the rules. So hopefully they will, and we'll be able to talk about high school sports with you again here in about a month or so. So I saw, or I see when they cancel the season. So again, that's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. That's not going (laughs) to happen. Just like the NCAA. They're not going to do it. Patrick, they have on Disney plus where like, it's like you can community watch. You can like start the program at the same time and watch it. Maybe we can like set that up for uh, this high school sports season. We can just watch at the same time as you. And I didn't know that talk. was a thing. How do they do that That's on, cool Disney on Disney Plus? Yeah. Oh, we need to okay do Disney movie nights we'll or figure something. That out. Yeah. <laughs> set it up. This instead of the press box or the table beside the the court, we can uh, we can hang out there. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. And here we are in the B block again. Thanks to Patrick Kite for joining us and talking to us about the VHSL and COVID. Uh, so let's go on and continue my scorched earth tour by moving on to Virginia tech. Um, they managed to find a way to lose after having a lead after three quarters again, because they kept counting points that were scored in the fourth quarter and didn't call it early. So Miami, ends up beating Virginia Tech 25-24. Uh, and what was a game where, like, we're up 24-13 at one point, and that's when I started to believe, like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is yeah. going to be that annoying thing that Justin yeah. Fuente does. Like, he goes and chokes against Liberty, and then we come out and beat a team that we probably shouldn't beat. Uh, but then he was like, nope, just give me the fourth quarter to ruin this, and he did. Uh, the offense was bad. Hendon Hooker is taking too many sacks now. Um, he did not have a... This is the second time in four games that he hasn't looked really good, in my opinion. Um, I, and, you know, everybody's been well, pooping on the... this was better than that other game. Like, this was better than the weight game, good but... still balls and still threw the ball. He's lucky he didn't enough. have another pick, though. I mean, his pick was bad, but he should have had a second pick that yeah. he... I mean, it was just bad. I just didn't... I didn't it like... a good game. I didn't like his play. I didn't like, uh, and I'm not going to say he's not our best quarterback because I still think he is our best quarterback. I just think 
this is a larger problem. The quarterback guru, um, our quarterbacks seem to regress each year they're there. They don't get better. So again, I mean, I don't know, maybe a smarter person could put into words and assess the talent level of somebody that is apparently a quarterback expert, but his quarterbacks get worse every year. I don't know, but focus, focus on him in a minute on the, on the coach. Like I, I still think, though, and I said this the last game when when Hooker was worse, I think, that we should have been able to overcome his mistakes. And we very much were overcoming his mistakes in this game. I mean, our defense actually played pretty well in this game. If you tell me we're in the fourth quarter with Miami and they only have 13 points, I'm excited. It's just we can't put it all together. And then when push comes to shove, there's just too many situations where the guys aren't in the right spots or we make terrible decisions with timing. And I understand hookers part of that and he's on the field, but there was also off the field decisions being made that hurt us with the clock and opportunities to score throughout this football game, especially late. And that's just straight on the coaching. I, I, for this game, I, there was, I liked seeing Holyfield like back in the mix. I know he was in there because of injuries and whatnot, but like Holston. we seemed to are, are in the Holston, the running back, he did well. And people were excited about that. Like, we thrived off some of that. I just wish we could take better advantage of it. I mean, Miami has a lot of talent over there. They were down some guys for COVID, but they like, they still should have beat us. I, I don't understand how we were favored to win that game from what I've seen this season. But, okay, I still think it would have been a, a nice win to have. It wouldn't change any of my opinions about the coach that we're about to get to uh, for a second week in a row. But I just – it's just it just seems like we handed it to him. We're just like, here, take this ball game. We don't want it. And that was that's something I'm not used to with our program. Like, it seems like we'd go down fighting even when we lost games. We shouldn't lose or should lose. We went down fighting. And I'm not saying the players' effort's not there, but it just seemed like we're just not on the same page so often. And it's just really irritating to watch. Well, I mean, who who would you put that blame on? The coach. I'm just trying to hold oh. the coaching conversation until like we have to rip them again this week. Is it time for this? Yeah, let's move. <laughs> so again, and it's it's another loss under Justin Fuente where he just seemingly isn't ready and can't win a game, and it's it's frustrating. We're four and four, uh, and I, I mean it's it's unbelievable that there are still people, and this week brought them back out, I guess because it was a close game against a team that was ranked number nine, so they thought that that meant something. Um, they dropped th- three spots in the polls, so the AP didn't respect the output that Miami had well, against us. It tells us. you how good we are when yeah. a team beats us and you drop in the polls. It, that more, it says a lot about us. Yeah, so again, but the, there are people saying, you know, look, he's only had five years, and you, what, what do you think is going to come through the door, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Look, those people are either Fuente burners or they're the kind of people that when their parents said, oh, your far- your pet went to a farm um, and that's where they went. So they're happy. They're at a big farm and they still believe that. So let me go ahead and play the role of spoiler. Uh, your pet's dead. And so is this program. If you let Justin Fuente keep hold of it. So just please get out of the way and let someone who has an adult comprehension of what's going on here handle decision-making. Versus ranked teams at home, we have one win in the last 10 years. We're 1-10 in 10 at home against ranked teams. It's unacceptable. People keep trying to compare 
Fuente to Beamer and these years of Beamer compared to Fuente. I'm telling you the last four years of Beamer wasn't good enough. So stop bringing those up as something to compare to. Well, it's also Beamer, Beamer earned his respect in the nineties and the early two thousands. And even that wasn't steady, but that's where he earned it. And when we have, what was it? Six straight 10 win seasons, seven straight, eight straight, whatever it was, that's what the Beamer that's, that's what we want. We don't want the last few years where he should have already retired. Like stop comparing that. It's not good enough. And the people saying, you know, Beamer's first five years, Fuente's first five years and whatever. From like, an independent program that has yeah, no expectations. Totally different worlds that Fuente is walking into compared to Frank Beamer. Frank Beamer built this thing into what it is. He was winning conferences. You're right. He won 10 win seasons. That's what got handed over to Fuente. Now, I know at the end it dropped off precipitously, but we weren't that far removed at that point from success and justin fuente has taken that is like taken over the controls of a plane and instead of trying to safely land it was just like look might as well just crash it now and flew it into a mountain like he is not capable of coaching in a power five conference he keeps defending cornelson who is i i mean he is right up there with steinspring in terms of like incompetence in terms of play calling, play in, play out. I don't know how many times I watched them take a third and seven or third and five kind of play and just run the ball and give up on the drive versus attempting to go get a first down. That killed us in this game with Miami. And it was so, so frustrating. I don't get, and, and look, we're looking ahead. Good news, maybe the pick game gets canceled due to COVID, and we don't have to watch them lose this week. That that would be the best news if you're a Hokie football fan is you don't have to watch them lose to Pitt. Because if they play the game, I don't care how many players Pitt has out. I like Pitt against Virginia Tech. I like Clemson against Virginia Tech, and I like UVA against Virginia Tech. So let's move on to UVA because they beat Louisville by two scores, something Virginia Tech could only dream jumping of. Jumping back before we fully get out of it, every week when we lose – and Fuente's a bad coach. Do we have to like berate it? Cause like, yes, because there are people that don't understand. I just, I'm going to be, it's, I know it's probably bad for podcasting. Like, I, Oh, I don't I, care. I've I'm here. I'm with you. I, I'm going to get tired of beating this dead horse. I, every day that he is on our coaching staff, a part of our program is another day wasted of our, this program getting better. Um, that's, that's my statement. I will pull out a defibrillator, bring the horse back to life so I can beat it to death again. Like, if that's what it takes to get this chucklehead out of Virginia tech. A phrase that I roll uh, on those lines, a phrase from a wise man that's uh, that taught me a lot about football. He used to say, you're driving down the road, you hit a dog, you get out, you get out of the car, you get a stick, you start beating that dog. What are you doing? You're beating a dead dog. <laughs> I just loved it. One of my favorite phrases of all time. So UVA, um, yeah, I don't have anything for that. Um, UVA, you're trying to figure out who it is. You won't. That's fine. That's I don't care. Um, UVA won thirty-one to seventeen against Louisville again, a two-score victory, which is something Virginia Tech can only dream about at this point in the season. So, look, they look better with Armstrong back at quarterback. UVA looks a lot better. Uh, they're playing Abilene Christian. Okay. Um, so that's they a got win. The game in. I'm not going to judge on this. Time. No, this, that's fine. This year, I'm not judging them. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. 
Um, they got to play whoever they got to play. That's fine. They're going to be four and four. We'll be four and five. If we play, if we have a week off, we'll be four and four. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think if you're a Virginia tech fan, all you have to do is look across the mountain and see when a team has the lead in the fourth quarter, one team is closing out games and the other team is finding ways to lose. Say what you want. I know Virginia Tech fans hate UVA, and UVA fans hate Virginia Tech, and that's fine. But I think this conversation that has been had since the two coaches got hired, which one's better, which one's better, if you're taking Justin Fuente, you're an idiot. You're a stone-cold dummy. Like, end of story. I would take Bronco Mendenhall every day of the week and twice on Saturday. If you give these two coaches, the same level of team, and it comes down to coaching, Bronco Mendenhall is going to dust Justin Fuente. He is going to crush him and embarrass him in front of his family. So uh, this is no contest on which one you take. And, and any Virginia Tech fan that's pretending Justin Fuente is better than Bronco Mendenhall is only kidding themselves. Yeah, we, we need to fire our coach, so I, I don't have anything to argue with there. Other games to note this past weekend, uh, Indiana beat Michigan State 24-0. Are they for real, Joe? They might be. So what's going to prove it for you? They're not going to win against Ohio State this week. But, like, what do <sighs> Man, I really hope they do, though. I mean, it'd be okay. If they beat Ohio State, we're not. it's not a question anymore. They're for yeah. real, and that's fine. But they got Ohio State this week. They have Maryland and then at Wisconsin and then versus Purdue. So I'd say the next three games determine that they got to go two and one at least. And if the, I'd say if they're within a score or like it's a late fourth quarter score to make it a two score game against Ohio state, I'd say that that'd be enough for me. Okay. Okay. I hear you there. I I'm tentative with them just because it's not a name I'm used to. And what I have seen from them and I probably haven't seen them in their best moments um, you know, it's always on a second TV and I'm just kind of looking over there for a minute. I, I haven't been impressed with what I've seen. So that's why I'm tentative. I, I don't think there's anybody that beat Ohio State because I think Ohio State is really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of hear that answer. Um, moving on, USC got lucky again and beat Arizona. They've won two, two nail biters these last two weeks. I mean, I, I just don't see what, what is the Pac-12 playing for? They got, their conference isn't going to have enough games to to finish this thing off. I mean, they're just, they're just playing games right now. I, to a point that you made in a text message or a uh, uh, face, uh, I think tweet this weekend. Um, like, what are they playing for out there? And I, I think it's just giving their players an opportunity to play is all they have. And they're risking the health of these players at the same time, because there's no one from that conference that I will be convinced should be represented in the college football playoffs. So USC can win them all. I don't, I wouldn't put them in. Yeah, I agree. In fact, they're not winning convincingly. And to go back to your Indiana statement, like that would be a concern for me too, right? Because they beat Penn State, who was ranked at the time, and you were like, "Oh wow, they beat, they upset a ranked Penn State team." Well, we've seen Penn State's actually not very good. So, and they also didn't like really get in the end zone on that last play. Probably but. not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's hard to look at that video and say, "Yeah, he was in." Um, and then they beat Michigan, and Michigan's not very good. This week was their best week. They went out and convincingly rolled a Michigan State team uh, versus, you know, late Rolling them helped. Yep. squeaking by a couple of teams that have no wins. Uh, well, I guess Michigan has a win. I forget that they beat Minnesota. But um, 
Cincinnati, though, they went out on Friday night and beat the stuffing out of the East Carolina Pirates. And Mike Houston got mad at the end of the game and felt like he was they were running out the score. And I put this on here because um, I didn't want to forget it. Yeah. Mike Houston needs to know what Cincinnati's playing for. They're playing for an actual legitimate chance at a playoff spot. And that means that if you're on their schedule, buckle up for safety because they're going to come in there looking to absolutely wreck your life. Like, cause people still decide who gets to play in that college. It's not just a computer. It's, it's, you, it's a resume and people are going to view it and they're going to see a huge win against a program that is traditionally produces wins. He used to use a little down this year and it's a weird year. That's fine. But that means something. And that puts money in ECU's pocket. Cincinnati goes and plays in the college football playoff. That puts money in the ECU pocket. I I was a little surprised with that. I like Mike Houston in, in general. I like Mike I, Houston, too. I just think someone, and I hope Cincinnati's coach, like in their lengthy discussion, just said, uh, look, we're playing for something a little bigger than you. Yeah. We're building a resume here, man. Sorry you got in the way of that. Sorry that you were on our schedule, but we're trying to get to an yeah. actual college football playoff game. So, yeah. unfortunately, that meant we had to club you like a baby seal. Yeah, for us to prove that we deserve to be in the playoff, we have to beat this conference by a mile, and this is part of that. Uh, South Carolina fires Will Muschamp. I will say this. I did see some Tech fans you know, making fun of people wanting to hire Will Muschamp. I will say that would be a bad idea. Hiring Will wanna... Muschamp would be a terrible, no. terrible idea. He's a coordinator. He is not a head coach. Well, he's also a coordinator we can't afford, so don't even. But I don't, I don't need him. We yeah, can, we'll go other directions. I mean, kind of like I said when when Wit hired Fuente, I say on paper that like I don't regret Wit hiring Fuente because on paper at the time it made sense, mm-hmm. and he was a younger coach and offensive mind and all that, like all this stuff that the game is moving towards. Like that's what Fuente was supposed to bring us. He has not, and he has failed. But like. I'm okay with another hire with that mindset, like someone that is a little innovative, someone that is going to, you know, play to a style that the modern college football is playing to that a lot of the good teams play to that even Alabama gets towards. Like I'm fine with that kind of hire. I don't think Will Muschamp has proven he's capable of winning with that style of football because he failed at Florida and he's failed at South Carolina. I don't know why he'd come to Virginia tech and do any different. I mean, so, yeah, I don't want Will Muschamp. I just wanted us to fire our coach before they fired Will Muschamp. So we're ahead of them by a day in the coaching search. I don't – or a week or whatever it could have been. Like, See, I think – I mean, I had to comment to me when I've said that other directions of, well, we're not really probably competing for the same coaches. Maybe so, but, like, I'm not trying to limit ourselves either. I, I want I want to be in it for the best people possible. I think your – If you're Virginia Tech, I think your next head coach is currently employed somewhere where he's not going to leave in the middle of the year. So I think waiting till the end of the year to fire Justin Fuente is fine. But at the end of the year, he needs to be gone. Yeah, I mean, I just remember the timeline of what brought Fuente in was when we went to play UVA Thanksgiving and Beamer's last game over there. Like as Beamers won the game and he's waving everybody going off the field, I'm reading tweets about how we're hiring Justin Fuente to be our next coach. Like I think that's the timeline I remember, and that is next week. So that's why that's in my mind. Now, the other side of that is I don't think we're firing Fuente this year. Like I don't actually think we're going to do it. I just think we need to. I want to. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we do it. But I just don't see it happening. And so every day that we don't, I guess, also makes me – you know, more confident that we're not even going to do it. Doesn't matter if it's December 15th or what. 
Yeah. Well, and I know we talked about it, and COVID's not really a big deal in this country, but 15 games were canceled just last week. So four in the SEC. Uh, the big conferences, too. Yeah, four in the SEC, two in the Pac-12, one in the Big Ten, and one in the ACC. Uh, we're Ohio, already moving this week. ACC yeah. games, Miami's moving all around, and uh, there's already games canceled in the Pac-12. And uh, the MAC, they just got started. They're already canceling the game. Yeah, it's almost like playing football is, you know, just not safe in a pandemic. I don't know how we could have guessed a sport that relies on tackling other human beings and the op- the antithesis of social distancing would be unsafe in a pandemic, but who knew? Also getting guys opting out, like individuals opting out. They mm-hmm. leading rusher in the ACC out of Louisville, uh, JVN Hawkins, he's opting out. Tech had two defenders opt out today. Now, not our top line guys, but... Maybe maybe we need our top line guys to get out of the way. But yeah, like we're seeing a lot of transition right now with COVID. All these games getting canceled, players opting out because they want to protect their safety. I mean, this this kid from Louisville is trying to protect his draft stock. So he's yeah. Not, I was gonna say I think the kid from Louisville saw that Louisville's not playing for anything. So they're not playing for anything. He's playing for draft stock. He wants to be you know a second round draft pick or whatever he wants to be, and and that might be aiming high for it. But either way. You can't knock his decision. I mean, if we're not knocking Farley right now from Virginia Tech, we're not knocking this kid either. No, We're going to see more of this in the next two weeks. As, as teams get eliminated from real contention, we're going to see a lot more individuals be opting out. Okay, so let's go on to something that I wanted to start. Uh, if I was a playoff committee person, how would I put this together? Uh, as of this week, I would put Bama 1, and I guess this is what I think will happen at the end of the year. Yeah, you're not um, saying this now. There's yeah, no not not as of this week, but what I think will happen at the end of the year today. Yeah. Um, Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, and I have Cincinnati as my 4. I, I still think Cincinnati will get in there. I think Clemson beats Notre Dame, and I think that's what bumps Notre Dame out. I think Texas a and is not going to be in the SEC championship, so I don't think they're going to get in. I think Indiana will lose to Ohio State, unfortunately. BYU is going to have a shout. I have them as my eight team. Florida, nine. Wisconsin, 10. I have them losing in the Big Ten championship to Ohio State. Um, but to be honest, you could take five through 10, throw them in a hat, and pick it out. And I would, if those teams were to play each other, I'd, that's who I would pick. I mean, it, any of those teams could be five, and any of them could be 10. So I'm not throwing a lot of hate at your what do you think the poll is going to be at the end of the year? Um, because of the logic, I don't think any PAC 12 team gets in. I don't think, um, the big 12 has anybody that can get in cause they already have losses and they're probably going to get more losses and, and whatnot. So I don't, and, and we've said that the sec champ is going to be in the big 10 champ is going to be in the ACC champ is going to be in. So there's three spots of the four yep. already decided. So who's going to get that four spot? You're saying Cincinnati's going to get in there. I think they have a shot. They got to win out. Cincinnati left on their schedule. They have UCF this week, which I think is an interesting game. There's a lot of talent down at that program, even though they have two losses. Uh, they're reasonable losses, and there's a lot of talent there. That's going to be a challenging game for Cincinnati. Then they play Temple, not as challenging. And then they have Tulsa, who's also undefeated in that last game of the season. We've seen this in the American Conference before, where teams have been undefeated facing each other in the last week, or an undefeated team facing a good team in the last week, and get them knocked out of a playoff or a BCS or whatever it was when they did it. And that's going to be interesting. So Cincinnati, they have to win that out for me to even concede that they have a shot at getting one of those spots. And then do they deserve it or not? And this or that is, is for other people to decide. 
I'll see when we get there to really throw something at that. I think they have a chance. I'll give you that. But the teams that would push them out of that potential, uh, a second SEC team, that really, I think, only comes into play if Bama loses. If Bama gets in that SEC championship game against Florida and Florida wins it, a one-loss Bama is going to be hard for that playoff committee to leave out of the mix there. I don't necessarily think that SEC championship game is any kind of play-in game. The Big Ten, I think Ohio State's just going to win the thing. I, I do kind of think, though, if they get to that game and then get knocked out with having less games on the season as a conference, I do wonder if that could somehow be a play-in game. We'd, I just have to see when we get there and Ohio State would have to be undefeated to get there to, to then cause that to happen. ACC, I think it's going to be Notre Dame-Clemson. I think it's a play-in game. Whatever team loses is out. If it's Clemson losing for a second time, you are out, obviously. If you're Notre Dame losing, hey, you barely beat Clemson when they were full strength. Now you lost to them when they are full strength. And, the, you know, you had your shot. You had your shot to be in the playoff. You just lost it. You're out. So the non-powers, Cincinnati is definitely the – best one that you have hope for, but you also have Liberty and Coastal Carolina. They play each other in the season finale. Only one of them can be undefeated, though Liberty has the NC State game this week to kind of prove if we even need to waste our breath on them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you have undefeated Marshall. I just don't I don't think those teams are even worth speaking about for this playoff. I just want to say that now. If 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 two of those three are undefeated, I don't care. I don't I don't think they're anywhere as good as these other teams are or potentially are for a resume at that point. So I Cincinnati has to want everything to go completely good. The way I just said, where Alabama wins that conference, Ohio state wins that conference ACC. I don't think it makes a difference. They want it either to go chalk or complete chaos where everybody has two losses and they are sitting there undefeated. Like that's, that's what they got to root for. And so starting this week, I mean, that's their mentality. If everybody wins this week, you got to keep winning. If everybody loses this week, then you start rooting for more losses. I mean, that's they can't be middle ground because that's where you start getting a second SEC team or a second Big Ten team. And Tulsa beating SMU actually, in a way, even though SMU is probably the crown jewel of their schedule up to this point, Tulsa winning that game is fine because now Tulsa's in the top 25. They want Tulsa to it's, keep winning. Tulsa needs yeah, to keep winning, get a high or a, like, you know, a 20s-ish rank by the time they come in there at the end of the year. And they can, if Cincinnati can go in there and just blow the doors off of them, then I think that helps Cincinnati too. Uh, then I don't know who Cincinnati plays in a conference championship. I don't know how the Americans do in their conference championship this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, See, I kind of I look at the rankings at this point a little. I just wanted to present like a op- opposing thought to see like what you're arguing with. I'm not really arguing with Cincinnati deserves a chance to be right on that line of maybe getting in there. I'm not really arguing that. And that's the way the rankings probably should end up if they're undefeated. But if I'm looking, I mean, I went through these top 15 teams and thought, who's going to beat who, if they're playing right now, who am I picking? And I have Bama one, Ohio state two, Clemson three, Notre Dame four, obviously Clemson and Notre Dame both aren't getting in Florida five, Wisconsin six, Georgia seven, Texas A&M eight. And then I have Cincinnati at nine and Indiana 10. And that's just, I guess that's my confidence picks about these teams. I think eight other teams are beating Cincinnati if they're playing each other. But I don't think when we get to the end of the season, if Cincinnati's sitting there undefeated, that Texas A&M deserves to be in front of Cincinnati. I don't think Georgia at four and two now deserves to be in front of Cincinnati because that's, 
that's the way these rankings have traditionally worked and have been proven year after year. It's it's they set it up. I mean, they they give the people the path to get in. It's not always who would beat who because there's you know there's always a one or two lost team that's behind an undefeated team because that's just how this system works. So like I, I agree with your rankings on how you think it'll go, and I'm okay with Cincinnati being around that four or five spot. I just I don't have faith that Cincinnati will beat eight of those teams. And I would disagree with you about definitely. I think Cincinnati would beat Georgia. I think they would beat Florida. I think they could beat A&M Wisconsin. I'm not sure about you think Cincinnati beat Florida. Yeah, I think they could. I guess. I mean, seeing Florida absolutely spank this weekend. I I guess that just leaves me. I I don't know. I don't like Florida. I'm against Florida winning. <laughs> I don't want to see Dan Mullen given a chance for anything. I have I don't like the guy. But ugh, I just think that I mean there's just there's definitely more talent on the field. Way more talent. Yeah, see I don't know. See, I think some of that is brand name. I think and this is one reason I want conference champions in every year. Because I think if you did that, I think we'd have some more respect for some of these teams and some of these conferences. I think the American gets a bad rap because it's just not a, not considered a power conference. And this goes back to, you know, I mean, look, Gonzaga was the preseason number one in the men's basketball poll for this year. If, yeah. if we did college basketball rankings in tournament selection like we did college football and we said, look, only 16 teams because, you know, exams or whatever nonsense excuse that the football people give for why they can't have an expanded playoff um then we wouldn't we wouldn't know who gonzaga is they wouldn't have had a chance we those cool runs they got we would never know about so i think if we expanded this i think the american would have a lot more prestige than it has right now in the general population and i think cincinnati running the table right now and that would be a lot more respectful and i think but isn't gonzaga the team that keeps not making it to the final. I mean, they've made it to what, like one final four. I think like, they've won a national title. Haven't they? Then Saga has not won a national title. Are you sure? Let's see. Gonzaga national championship. Bum, bum, bum. Possibly field hockey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live and die by this argument. I, they haven't won a national championship, but like, there is something to the level of schedule. Uh, they lost by six to North Carolina the one time. And I think the SEC proves it. I mean, SEC keeps coming out on top, keeps having strong teams, because I think traditionally they're well – they have the hard schedule that these teams have to fight through, so that yeah. when they get to these playoff situations, they do perform well. So, I, I, I mean, we can't just completely discount that. Yeah, I think the I, bottom – I think the that it's branding. Like, I'm not used to Cincinnati being great. I get that. But I also watched Florida play, and I think they're darn good. And, I mean, they rolled Georgia, and I still think Georgia's better than them. So maybe, maybe like, I'm a couple spots off, but I'm not – I mean, I – But I see, Wisconsin's I think – Wisconsin's not bad either. I don't know, man. I, I, if Wisconsin and Cincinnati played tomorrow, I'm picking Wisconsin. Well, see, and I said Wisconsin is the one I'm not sure about. I think Wisconsin could beat them. I and think I'm Wisconsin's good. Um. I'm not because, and again, like, I just think we overvalue middle of the road SEC teams. I think the SEC brand gets attached to some of these poor to middle of the road teams 
and we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think. Whenever an SEC team gets upset, it's like, oh, wow, look how deep the SEC is. Versus when an ACC team gets upset, it's like, oh, wow, the ACC is terrible. So, and I get, it's because the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Auburns win national championships, and that's fair. The top echelon at the SEC is very, very good. And gun to my head, I'm picking Alabama right now to win the national championship. But that being said, I think a one-loss Florida team should not get in ahead of an undefeated Cincinnati team. I think it would be a two-loss Florida team, uh, technically, because I think Alabama beats them again. But um, now, like you said, if Florida beats Alabama, Cincinnati's not getting in, no matter how much I want them to. They're not getting in. Uh, yeah, one loss Bama's not getting left out. They won't leave a one loss Bama. Uh, but I think what's going to be interesting for this Indiana Wisconsin matchup Wisconsin cannot miss another game. If Wisconsin misses another game or one of the teams they're playing has too many positives and can't play, Wisconsin is no longer eligible for the Big Ten championship. And if that happens, there goes Wisconsin. So they're out. Um, if was if Indiana beats Ohio State, you know, do your thing, Indiana. If was if Ohio State beats Indiana, though, Indiana needs to do the right thing and lay down against Wisconsin, <laughs> because the thought of Northwestern getting into that Big Ten championship game just to get absolutely drummed by Ohio State gives me nightmares. I want to see if Wisconsin can beat Ohio State. I think they might be able to. I think Wisconsin's actually really good. So, I just... Here's what I'm saying. I don't like Ohio State, and I don't want to see Ohio State in the playoff. I want to live in a world where Ohio State loses to Indiana, doesn't get in the Big Ten Championship, and maybe, you know what? This is the perfect world, right? Indiana beats Ohio State. Wisconsin beats Indiana. Indiana has the tiebreaker over Ohio State, so they still go to the Big Ten Championship. And then Wisconsin beats them again. Or Indiana can win. I don't care who wins that. Um, just never Ohio State. I don't want Ohio State in. That's the perfect I'm, world. I'm Maybe Jim Harbaugh that. saves his job. Maybe Jim Harbaugh saves his job by beating Ohio State. And and then I wake up, because that's never going to happen. Yeah. That's a guy well, who probably regrets really pushing to let them play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like talking the rankings because we talk about a lot of different things there. Um, I don't know if we'll do it every single week, especially if things look very similar next week. Um, what's happening this week, though, that could change it? Wisconsin's playing Northwestern, who's undefeated. I would think Wisconsin rolls through that game. Northwestern has increased their level of recruits there in the last three or four years, and they do have better players. So I think that's actually going to be a game. And I think Wisconsin's good, and I think that can be a game, and I'll still think it's that that North Wisconsin is good. But I, I think that's one of the most interesting games to watch this weekend, Wisconsin, Northwestern. Uh, I think Cincinnati has their hands full with UCF, 5-2 and two UCF. Um, I, I think that's interesting there. The Lay other down, games UCF. Of, <laughs> the other games of note, uh, Liberty at NC State, I think uh, you just for local interest for the state and, you know, everybody's, you know, putting Liberty as the best team in the state. Now they're trying to be better than just the best team in Virginia. They're going to have to beat NC State to do that. I'm not 
anybody wants to talk about putting Liberty in the playoff, it's just, it ain't going to happen. So stop talking about it, but they have not beat anybody. And even if they beat NC state, I'm not impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed of the program growth, but I'm not impressed on a national scale. Yeah. No, beating Virginia tech is not a ticket to a national playoff. I mean, USC plays Utah. And my main reason for putting this on here is Utah hadn't played a game yet. (laughs) And Utah is a decent program. They've been building something. They were ranked last year for a a decent program for the PAC 12. Uh, I think that's an interesting game late night there. Um, But the other, Oh, the other lower team that I want to talk about Appy state coastal Carolina. That's another one of those interesting games for these undefeated teams. These Cinderella teams are always trying to play into that and joke around. Uh, Appy State six and one that Coastal Carolina has going to have their hands full with that. That's noon on ESPN too. So yeah, Sun Belt very loaded conference as well, like the American. Not quite as good as the American, but still probably on the same level as the Pac-12 or Big 12. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if Coastal Carolina can survive a tough test against Appalachian State. Yeah, go Chanticleers. That's where we are with college football these days. All right, let's took it over to the NFL. I got a question for you, Joe. You've been high on these Titans from the preseason rankings. What's going on, man? What's going on? They've lost three or four. Look, smart move by Coach Frabel. He knows you don't spend all your points in the regular season. Save those things. Bank some of them. This is like, uh, what was that show? The Weakest Link where you bank stuff. You bank these points. I don't need them here. It doesn't matter if I lose some of these games. As long as I get in the playoffs... Then we unleash the fury. That's what Mike Vrabel did last year. They were, I think, the sixth seed last year, weren't they? Getting into the playoffs. They came in. Yes, they were. Um, because they upset New England at New England. And then they played the one seed, the Ravens, and knocked them out, too, which was fun. Um, and then just marched on and almost... Uh, they were up on Kansas City. Yeah, they were up on Kansas City for a little bit and then, and then not. But, um, yeah. Look. Real talk, I don't love it. Um, but, like I said, they were a six seed last year and fought to the AFC Championship, so <sighs> they just got to figure something out with that defense, though. Can't be giving up that many points. How, how about that Hail Mary that Murray threw, man? That was that was crazy finish for that Cardinals game, and I, I thought it was over. I mean, Bill scored. Did you shut it off? That SpaceX rocket launch happened at the exact same time he threw that ball. Wow. So I had it on the other TV and I was really actually paying more attention because we were we we were having an educational moment with the kids and the rocket and people well, going to smart. space and all that. So I have a decent excuse, but my attention wasn't on it. And then all of a sudden I looked over there and people were running around like they had won the game. I was like, what? What? <laughs> and then you looked at a text that doesn't have yes. podcast safe language. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just. What I thought was funny was in that game, um, there's that catch by Stefan Diggs. And I'm like, I think I texted you, what a catch by Diggs. And in my head, I'm sitting there going, man, like I cannot believe the Bills were able to get him and how much of an impact he's made on this team. And then you see Murray scramble around and just heave up a ball. And Hopkins just goes up and catches it over three Bills players. And that was amazing. Um can't believe they can't believe they did the knee on the PAT. I cannot believe they did the knee on the PAT. I get it. I I understand the logic of it. I just think I mean you're talking about like sliver of a chance for something to go wrong. I mean, oh no, you got to take the knee there. 
You got to. I think there's a better chance that they house a kick than block your extra point and run it all the way back. I, yeah, you you take the knee. I'm not against that. It's fine. I mean, the, I'm not like mad that he did it. I didn't bet money on it. Uh, I understand there's a lot of gambling implications on that game because of that. It was a two and a half point spread. So him taking the knee kind of costs people who bet the Cardinals. But um, hey, you know, that coach from Texas Tech, he has his he has his priorities in a lot of different places. He's he's trying to win on and off the field, man. Uh, well, are you saying the he bet against <laughs> his own team? Because that would be kind of bad. But um, I, I just I found it amazing. Like when he did it, I was like, what is he doing? And then, you know, hearing him say like, well, you know, if that gets house, that's two points. I was like, that's true. And then it would be tied. Yeah. So I get it. It's Actually, technically it is the logical topic. thing to do. Technically, it is the logical thing to do. Unlike when the Eagles went for two on a fourth or a scenario where they're down four points, they go for two instead of to make it a one score game. That was so dumb. I'm so glad they lost. Um, like when they said it, it must be an analytic thing. I was like an analytic for which sport? Yeah, not football. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just, Oh my God. Yeah. You don't want to shoot the three here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about the teams that we care about, uh, the Washington football team, lost in just an absolute heartbreaking fashion traditional fashion i mean mean, that's what we are used to with that team you just feel so bad because the one guy who's been like a bright spot all year gets the dumbest penalty he has ever gotten to give the lines the ball at like the 50 yard line so they could have one more play to complete a quick pass and get a timeout to kick a game-winning field goal with matt prater uh after an improbable comeback to get him tied um but that's the I mean, football Alex team Smith had the best game of like his career he had like more passing 392 attempts, yards more passing completions and more yards than he's ever had in a game in his life and doing that on like one and a half legs yeah three 392 yards and i i said this to you in the text too like that kind of ends any playoff hopes like they're done um with the win they're yeah, three yeah, and six they're a half game right. out they're a half game out of the division maybe they find a way two and seven you're done um, that said, the Giants maybe win that division after beating the Eagles, which I think would be hilarious. Um, Giants have talent. I keep saying it. They have talent there. Okay. The Steelers, they have so much talent that the only teams that these teams win against are themselves. Like In two years, I think the Giants are winning 10-plus games and, and a legitimate playoff team. Only if the on. NFC East expands by absorbing like no, Houston I'm, and Jacksonville nope. and I don't know. I mean, we can write this down and check this the in December of 2022. I think Giants are playoff bound in two years, like legitimate playoff. Well, they might be playoff bound this year because by rule, someone well, has to win I, the I, NFC I'm East. I'm not trying to claim anything like that. I just think they have the piece. I mean, they're missing the, one of the best running backs in the league right now. So whatever they do right now is gravy, but I, they have talent on that team and it's a well-run organization there. So I just think when you're looking at them beating other NFC East teams, I don't know how serious I can take it, but your Steelers are nine and zero after a thump in the Bengals. Uh, they're going to be 10 and zero. probably his worst game. Yeah. They're going to be 10 and zero after they beat the Jags. And then the Ravens wanted to make sure I didn't have any, you know, delusions of them winning the division this year. They went out and lost to the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. 
I'll be honest. I don't know who to blame for the lack of a comeback this week. As soon as we fell down 10 points, I shut it off because I knew we were going to lose. And we did. Lamar Jackson's 0-5 when the Ravens are down 10 points in his career, including the playoffs. So I just, as soon as we fell down 10 points, I texted my friend uh, the Shark Tank gif of Mark Cuban saying, I'm out. And I was. I was like, look, I've, I know what happens when we go down 10 points. We're not built for comebacks. We didn't come back. Uh, apparently we had some offensive line penalties that killed us. I don't know. Um, I do appreciate how many, like that people try to turn Belichick into some kind of witch that he can control the weather. But like, then people start talking about the examples of times they've been in tough games or with opponents that are, are, should be tough. Like Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore's a solid team and all of a sudden weather rolls in at the perfect time. And then last night, particularly like, the game ends, people shake hands or air high five, whatever they do right now in COVID times. And then the weather stopped and it was clear. Like, it's weird. Oh, I don't <laughs> care. You know what? I hated that. Like, Ravens, there were some Ravens fans be like, oh, I mean, with the weather being what it was, it's hard to win in that. I'm like, oh, that okay, weather is built for us. We're not a passing team anyway. Team. <sighs> Hollywood Brown complains about not getting the ball enough. What do we do at the end of the half? We try to force a pass to him and it gets picked off, so we take points off the board. That was brilliant. I mean, just... I just hate, I hate football. Well, your Ravens got your Titans this week. So Great. which, are you taking your prediction I of don't know. the Titans going to the Super Bowl uh, in this game? Or are you taking your Ravens that are near and dear to your heart in this game? I don't care. I don't even know if I'll watch it. This good podcast material. Sports, I don't care. I just, the NFL's. I don't know. It's hard to get motivated when you know your team's has nothing to accomplish. I have we're a, not winning a the division spirit in the NFL right now myself. I don't know what's different this year. I just, I, I feel, yeah, this was it. you last year. I love you making fun of me. This was <laughs> you last year. Um, my team Pick maybe a gets a playoff spot a or a duck collar. I didn't have a quarterback last year. Well, we don't have a quarterback. We have a running back who hands the ball off occasionally. Like, and sometimes he messes that up. Can I say that? That was when I was still watching the Sunday Night Football game. Chris Collinsworth was like, look, Lamar Jackson, and people don't know, he's a drop-back quarterback. He did he, At Louisville, he wasn't a scrambler. And I was like, what footage what? at Louisville did you watch? He was I absolutely a scrambler. Him running. Yeah. You know what you didn't see a lot of at Louisville? Passing highlights. You know what you don't see a lot of in the like NFL? The Passing on. highlights. You know why? Because he's not a drop-back quarterback. You know what he does have a problem with? turning the ball over it was a bigger problem at louisville than it is right now but it's still a problem and it's just why we can't we'll never come back from 10 point deficits which if you can't come back from a 10 point deficit in the nfl you're not actually a good quarterback i just hate that you keep throwing never at this like that dude has a lot of tools and i yeah we have I a lot of talent and he still can't come back from 10 points down he's oh and five and if we fall behind 10 points, maybe that'll be the saving grace. Maybe we'll fall behind 14 points after two possessions of the Tennessee Titans. I can just shut it off. And I'll be like, all right, first quarter, it's over. We're down 14 points. There's no coming back from this. Other big games to watch out for next week. Thursday, you got to be ready. Got to get your picks in, Joe. Yeah, Thursday, I didn't. Oh, God, that was bad. Cardinals at Seahawks, two six and three teams, two teams tie the top of that NFC West that's so good. Very interesting game there. I think the Seahawks got, win at home. You got Seahawks at home? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I should have thought about who I got before I asked you who you got. 
Again, I just don't care. I don't know if I can support a league playing in an unsafe pandemic when the Ravens are 6-3. I want the Cardinals to win, but, man, the Seahawks playing at home with fans, I definitely just would probably just pick that by default. I probably do have the Seahawks, though. I, they, they're they just yeah. they're better coached. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. The Raiders are the only team. That's Sunday night game. Raiders are the only team to give Chiefs a loss this year. Now they're playing at home against the Chiefs. Um, I assume you got the Chiefs there. Yeah, but they're going to get an interesting game. They'll get revenge. And here's the thing, right? I say like the Ravens will be in the playoffs, but maybe not. Cause if we lose the Titans, we're six and four, the dolphins are six and three, the Raiders are six and three and the Titans are six and three, the Colts. I don't know what their record is, but they're close if they're not six and three. So like some of these teams aren't going to make it and maybe it's us. Maybe we don't make the playoffs. I don't know. Um, again, I don't know how much I care in a year where it's unsafe to play in a pandemic and my team already has three losses. So, uh, yeah, what are we playing for? It's unsafe. Let's get out of here. Uh, let's go into the D block because Leland doesn't want to talk about this anymore. So we'll come back in the D block. <laughs> All right, Leland, let's get into the D block. We're going to open the D block with the most important. We buried the lead in this episode. Virginia Tech soccer. It's what dominated both of our lives. Oh. on sunday yeah it controlled what we viewed in the early afternoon when there was plenty of things to watch but virginia tech soccer the biggest news of that was local legend kyle Sinzel got the big start for the virginia tech koki program and, and we've been able to produce some good players out of this area to go on to play at tech uh Kasak from riverheads before him uh, and there's other names that i know i'm neglecting so people feel free to update me on all those but now kyle's there um He's still young in his career, but he got a start in the ACC tournament. Now, the game didn't go the way the Hokies wanted, but I saw a lot of great things out of, you know, the Stanton legend there in Kyle Stenzel, where he, I mean, the only goal Virginia Tech got in that game started by the feet of Kyle Stenzel. So that's that's all I care about. And I think the future is really bright there for that entire soccer team. And I think Kyle's going to be a big part of it. Yeah, uh, obviously, like football season, the soccer season has been impacted heavily by the pandemic, too. Virginia Tech was number five in the country uh, going into that match. Kind of just all the wheels fell off the wagon there. Uh, Didn't score on early opportunities. And then Clemson did. Uh, Clemson took advantage of a back line that seemed a little out of sorts. So they scored, went up 3-0. Like you said, Tech got a – I'm sorry, they went up 4-0. And then it was 4-1. And um, tough break for the Hokies on Sunday. But – uh, a good season overall, overall, yeah. And uh, hopefully during the spring season, the Hokies can get on a run and have success. Uh, that's what we're hoping for. They'll have some like non-conference games, from what I understand, in the spring. And then the championship for soccer will be played in the spring. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually it rolls right into that here after Thanksgiving. Uh, but with pandemic, it's different this year. So uh, Virginia Tech, I think, sets up well for the spring. They'll, they'll be a higher-ranked higher team and uh, hopefully get some wins. And then we'll see what they can do hopefully in a tournament. So, but yeah, that dominant, I mean, going into what's dominating my life, I watched more golf this weekend than I probably said I was gonna a few weeks ago, but that noon to uh 1:30 time range or two o'clock time range when the soccer was playing, I didn't have enough TV. So I was watching soccer and I wasn't watching football straight on and I wasn't watching the golf straight on. So, uh, it was a lot to choose from. And that's what I missed during, uh, the spring was, you know, multiple sports to be watching and there was no sports to be watching. So it was, it was a nice problem to have on a Sunday. 
And man, my fandom uh, for Virginia Tech, I care about Virginia Tech soccer. I want them to win and I generally care. And I've watched plenty of soccer games without a local kid involved. I used to go when I was in college. Um, but with Kyle on the field and knowing him as, you know, a family member, uh, my fandom completely changed. I only watched him. I really didn't care <laughs> what the other guys were doing. If I wanted to see where Kyle was and how he was going to get the ball. And there was a couple opportunities for him in front of the goal um, to maybe touch the ball there in front of the goal. And one time he, he did. And I, I, it was a lot of excitement in my house when that happened. But moving on to what uh, was dominating my life, in general, I watch a lot of Masters golf tournament. And uh, this year, I knew I wasn't going to watch as much. I just, you know, in April, it just fits my sports schedule a little bit better to watch a lot that weekend. And I knew it wasn't going to be the same this weekend. But with the weather delay on Thursday, I watched a good amount late Thursday trying to see what was going on. And then Friday with it early um, in the morning, I watched some. So I watched more on Thursday and Friday than I really thought I would, which was fun. And that's when, you know, Tiger was in contention. So I kind of, I do just, I am one of those kind of fans of golf. I, I do care more about what Tiger's doing than other guys, though I do appreciate the other guys. Um, Tiger didn't, wasn't in contention on Sunday. Uh, he hit a 10 on, uh, uh, what was that, 13 or uh, whatever. That it was a par three. three. There, right? Yeah. I don't know. Right after the turn. Um, I think that's 10. No, 11, 11. It doesn't matter. And, uh, and, uh, so he put, hit a 10 there, which I mean, I can relate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's what a lot of the guys did behind him last year, but then he went on to birdie like six of the last seven holes. So he really finished strong, uh, is, which is commendable. And everybody talked about, Oh, he hit that 10 because he's getting so tired and he's so old. Well, then he goes out and birdies down the stretch, a bunch of holes. So I, I just think Tiger's built different than the rest of them. But where we get to is Dustin Johnson won the thing. I am very satisfied that he won it. He's been near the top in multiple masters. Um, there's been like five different majors. He's been the leader going into the last day and then not one. Um, he's only won one other major, but he got this masters victory. It was, it was people get emotion, more emotional about the masters victory than other victories. I think it just means more. I think being at the same place every year, it being the masters, the, how historic that course is. It just means more to these guys. So it's cool to see that. Um, you know, we're talking about Dustin Johnson. He doesn't have a lot to complain about in his life. He's got a lot of positive things going in a lot of different directions. Um, he's had some trouble in the past. I believe he's past that for what I understand. And I hope that's true. So I'm rooting for the guy in general. Um, but yeah, I was satisfied with the win cause he deserved it. He's been in, he's been around that area a lot before. So Credit to him for getting it done this time and, and kind of, you know, not running away with it, but definitely controlling, controlling away with it down the stretch and keeping a multiple stroke lead. And uh, so congratulations to him. And uh, I didn't watch that much on Sunday. I'll, I'll be honest about that. I, if, if Tiger was, you know, within a stroke of the lead or something, Lord knows I, I would have been watching it. I would have found a way, but that red zone channel pulls me in every, every Sunday, my wife, absolutely probably just hates that channel because every witching hour and this Sunday there was two of them. I'm just useless for like an hour. Yeah, I understand that. Um, <laughs> what's dominating my life has been battle bots. I recently discovered that it's actually not done. They rebooted it. The last two seasons that have aired are on wherever you get your television provider. If you have the discovery channel, um, it's on demand. So 
I've been going through those. Chris Rose and Kevin Florio are the announcers, uh, which are actually like kind of two people. I was like, wow, those are people I've heard of. Um, so Chris Rose isn't with Fox anymore. Uh, Chris Rose does a little bit of everything. So I think Chris Rose, just if you wave money in front of his nose, he'll show up. <laughs> like, I think Chris Rose is in it for a check, which good for him, man. Get paid. Um, but, uh, so I, Kevin Florio was like the surprise because he's a UFC fighter and you're like, I'm, I we're robot fighting. So I guess, but they fake it. If they don't know anything about robots, they fake it well. Um, it's a cool show. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy watching these people build robots and fight them. And it's cool to see the weapons and you hear some of the strategy that they have going into it. I could do less with like the personal stories. Um, I don't care about these people. Let me be straight up honest about it. I don't care about the people who build these robots I get that. Um, I get that a lot in these scene and shows too. Like my kids kind of yeah. like the American Idol stuff. Like I, I don't need all that. Like, I don't need that. Good? Show me yeah. more robot battles. Like yeah. give or me the, the robot battles. Too. That show could be a half hour. It really could. That show could be a half. It's battle bots is an hour. Each episode. It could be a half hour. If you just show me robot fighting, which is all I'm there for. I'm not here for like, Oh, this guy's story is this, you know, he's from here and here in this little town. He builds robots and, most of them are from California anyway, but I, I just, which is whatever. I'm not poo-pooing the state of California. So if this ever gets to somebody over there, don't take it harshly. I just don't care that you have a great robotics department or technology in your state. I could give two bleeps. But um, what I know that you need to know is troubling news out of LSU today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, Leland, it goes to something you and I have said about other programs. Um and when it comes to football, especially, if you're good enough, they'll cover up a lot for you. And that's the problem. Um, there are a lot of schools and leagues, NFL looking at you, that likes to pretend they care about domestic violence and sexual assault and doing the right thing until it actually, you know, maybe affects wins and losses on a football field. And then how good are you? And that's how your punishment will come in to play. Um, for LSU, apparently it's so good that they won't even bother investigating or they'll actively try to cover it up. So that's great to hear. Um, it's, it's disgusting. It makes me have a different look at this LSU team that I kind of liked coach O before. And now learning this stuff, it's just, it's troubling. Um, I have no tolerance for this kind of stuff. I know months ago went on a rather lengthy tirade about the problems at JMU that they have with this. It's no different at LSU or anywhere else. I, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think it should, it has no place in society, let alone athletics. And I, I don't care how many yards you can rush for or how many touchdowns you can catch or whatever position you play, how good you are at it. If this stuff if you're involved in domestic violence, if you're involved in sexual assault, it needs to be investigated. And if it's proven that they did it, they need to not be at the school, period. Forget the football team or basketball team or whatever sport we're talking about. They need to not be at the school. You have to kick them out of the school. And I'm not saying that kid can never go to college ever. He just can't go to that school, especially if it involves a student at that school. Just can't. 
it's not fair. I, I am more worried about how the victim feels about it than how the person who committed the act feels about it. I agree. No, I mean, obviously no disagreement with me whatsoever. Uh, any strong statements made in that direction can't be strong enough. So, um, or too strong. I mean, it's just terrible. And, uh, yeah, my, my feelings of that will never, never change. I, I agree with your point, investigate it. And if it's proven, then you gotta, you gotta do it. I, I also am probably one of the people that kind of err in the side of potential victim, you know, like I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be more reactive to a potential victim in a situation like this than I, I will you say know, this. try to find fault with a victim or try to say, well, what, what's in it for them to make up this? Like I I'm very slow to thinking that's the direction something can go. I, I do. And I, I just rather, you know, in those situations, I mean, it's proven time after time, you know, there's there's someone more vulnerable in that situation. I guess I'm just going to be more, you know, willing to be wrong and, and err in the side of the vulnerable than I am the strong. Well, and I, I will say this. Virginia Tech has the policy. You're suspended until the investigation is complete. And then yeah. if it's wrong or you're found to have been wrong, you're off the team completely. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a valuable way to handle that. I, I don't understand the problem in going with that route. Um, apparently it's a newer policy. It hasn't always been that way when I was in school. Yeah. Wasn't the case. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's the one thing Justin Fuente can hang his hat on. So good for him. Well, but I think it starts up the ladder too, but sure. He's, he's part of a good thing there. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, it seems like LSU actively was putting the clamps on investigations or downplaying them or not even reporting them to the proper authorities to do it. And if that there is an investigation being done there, and that's from the USA today, who's looking into that and investigative journalism, which again, that's a reason we need it because these schools, believe it or not, are not going to tell on themselves and you can't trust them. Uh, but if it's proven, then yeah, I mean, people, I don't care that Ed Orgeron won a national championship. He doesn't have a place in college athletics. Because at the end of the day, we're supposed to be a role model for these college kids. And if he's doing that, what message are you sending to college kids or any kid or any person for that matter? Hey, this is a terrible, terrible crime. But as long as you can win national championships, it doesn't matter. And when that gets proven, it, assuming that gets proven true, and those guys hopefully lose their jobs because that's what's deserved, it's it's just always gut wrenching and terrible to see who thinks it's okay to hire them back. And Greg Marshall, he's done a lot of winning out at Wichita state coaching basketball. Um, but apparently he's not really a winning kind of person as he has now having to address allegations of physical and verbal abuse against his players. Uh, the allegations are coming from former players. Um, but he seems to be on his way out at Wichita state. Um, I think that goes right along with, when you're winning, when you're taking, you know, your uh, mid-range team to the tournament a bunch of years in a row, you start thinking you're on top of the world and 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 you own that school and you can do whatever you want and my way or the highway. And um, that's not a healthy society to live in is where it, people based on sports winning get to behave however they want. And we just talked about that with LSU. Same thing at, at uh, Wichita State. You can't treat players poorly and continue to uh, have that job. Greg Marshall, it's an interesting one. I mean, we've seen this happen. We've seen it with uh, Rutgers, I think, Rutgers women's basketball. We've seen it with 
other men's basketball teams where these coaches are behaving badly and, and finally get in trouble for it. Uh, Greg Marshall, though, is interesting to me because he's the coach that during two different coaching searches for Virginia Tech, where we hired Buzz Williams, where we hired Mike Young, both times I brought up the name Greg Marshall. He has Roanoke. I mean, he's from Roanoke. He has ties to the local area. He's been a very successful coach and he's coached, you know, into in, in the biggest tournament in the sport and done well and uh, overachieved with what he has. And I've always thought that would be good to have it. Virginia Tech. Luckily, our athletic director, Whit Babcock, has not taken my advice and gone after Greg Marshall. And he's had two good hires uh, with who he has gotten. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to me, this guy that I've been promoting, uh, I was wrong about him. And, uh, you know, I've learned this lesson long before now that, you know, you you promote these individuals in sports and, you know, there's no guarantee tomorrow you'll think the same about him. I've done that with my quarterbacks for pro teams. I've done that with uh, my, you know, players, even at the college level, like you just never know what people will do um, as, as time goes on. Uh, so I do, I'm a lot more light in what I think about these people at the time, but yeah, I was wrong about Greg Marshall. I want him nowhere near Virginia tech basketball program. And I'm glad he isn't. And uh, I think he'll have some time away from the sport. Eventually he'll get another job somewhere. I mean, it's just, that's, that's the level of high, High uh, basketball, high, high college athletics. He's going to get another chance somewhere. I mean, Rick Pitino is coaching at Iona now. I mean, no matter what yeah. you do against your sport, you're going to get another chance if you want it. And uh, so he'll get that eventually, but hopefully he can be a better person at that time. Uh, while these allegations are bad, they're not the supreme of bad that we were just talking about at LSU and, and whatnot, but they're, they're still bad enough, but he'll get another chance. So, Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to find out if this is when they look into this. I mean, he's already been let go. Yes. I actually searched it this morning for our notes and I couldn't see where he had actually been let go on Friday. It's, it was like he was on the doorstep of it. I have not seen where it's been finalized. They're probably working out some kind of buyout or there's some negotiation happening from what I understand. And maybe this is the cynic in me. I don't know. I've been kind of cynical and you, you have heard some stuff that hasn't made the podcast proving that, but um, <laughs> I want to know when they knew, like when did the people in charge find out for the first time? Because the last two years at Wichita state have not been great years for Wichita State basketball. So it's a lot easier to make this decision when things aren't going well. That being said, I also hear the argument that he built that program um, and kind of made Wichita State what it is. So I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think the culture we have created around sports to where we put almost too much emphasis on sports. And this is on a sports podcast has created this scenario where we, we allow people who are going to abuse that power into places they shouldn't be. So. Yeah. And on that cheery note, I will pass it on to you for <laughs> the sign off. I want, I, I want to hit quick baseball, at least one We're, we'll talk about the awards next week, but I wanted to give credit because it means a lot to me. The Marlins hiring uh, Ng, the um, 
woman GM for the Marvel. Father of two daughters, the um, the opportunity for a woman to, you know, do what she does well at the highest level in that sport. It means a lot to me, uh, especially with my love of baseball and that I try to pass on to my daughters. Uh, it means a lot to me. Do I see my daughters in that role over my life? I, I don't right now, but it's it's cool for me to be able to point at the screen and see, look at what that woman's doing. You can you can do anything that you want to do. And I, I think that's big. And especially for an organization that I have liked a lot of my life. Um, and I kind of moved away from because of I thought I, I had to protect my kids from what they were prioritizing as an entertainment value in their ballpark uh, that was anti-women empowerment uh, with their uh, entertainment in the outfield. Uh, I, I moved away from that as a fan because of my daughters. So for them to now be in a position where this, I mean, it's gone over to ownership change and who's running the team has changed for them to kind of be doing the opposite and really promoting women in their sport. I, I, I really like to see it. Does it change anything about my fandom? No, but I, I love it as an example for my young girls. Yeah. I think, um, you know, she's worked 30 years in baseball, so she's definitely paid her dues. I, uh, I, you know, I hope it works out for the Marlins. Uh, Kim Ang is a good hire for them, I think. And I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, rightly or wrongly. I mean, this is going to be one of those things that based on how she does kind of impacts when the next uh, female GM is going to be hired in a different sport. And I, I don't think that's fair. I think everyone should be, you know, judged based on their individual performance and not, but yeah. I, I just know how our society is again. Like mm. it's a step in the right direction. Though. You it is. It is. And like, you know, I hope she is given the opportunity to succeed there. I hope that, Marlins ownership isn't going to hamstring her with typical Marlins ownership of the past pinching pennies to the point where you're basically praying that you just crush the draft 10 years in a row so you can get a winner on the field at some point and then trade all the talent away. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she's allowed to sit, to actually build a roster that can be competitive because in that division, that's going to be tough. I mean, the Atlanta Braves are tough. Um, the Mets may or may not finally figure things out with a new owner. Um, they're, the they're Nats committing to a different direction. Yeah, the Nats and the Phillies. I don't know what to make. They of all those. spend money, but all yeah, those other teams spend money. All those teams spend money, so the Marlins kind of need to spend some money. Um, but that being said, they have a young, promising team. I mean, obviously, they made the playoffs yeah. this year with with young, promising players, and I think Kim Angle. She's she's been a part of championships. I mean, she's been with the Yankees and the Dodgers. Now, those are big market teams that helped win those World Series titles that she was on. But at the same time, like, I mean, 30 years of baseball experience, that's that's nothing to uh, poo-poo. And I think she's, you know, she's earned her job at the Marlins, and I hope it works out for her. Uh, we don't play the Marlins, so it's not really – or we don't compete directly with the Marlins for a playoff spot, so it's not a situation where I have to actively root against her team to fail for my team to win. So – that's well, great. I mean, we can root for her success as long as our teams finish better. That's that's how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we ever play the Marlins yeah. in a World Series, I'm going to yeah. root for us and to destroy her. It's good but... for the league. It's good. It's good for the league, and we'll take what good things we can take while we can get them. All right, let's close this thing up and remind you that you should be following us at Yak Sports Pod on Facebook or Twitter, or if you ever have the need to contact us directly, yaksportspod at gmail.com and make sure your friends know they should be following us. 
there as well as also subscribing to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify as we are here each and every week talking about the sports that matters to you, the Augusta County sportsman, and we will keep doing it. We'll be back next week to talk about the, any updates from the VHSL we might have, obviously more football talk, and we'll be talking about some Thanksgiving festivities as well as we get ready for the, uh, the, the best holiday of the year in my book. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about that and more here on the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.